Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. I'm Adam Blattenberg from Diesel World. Hi, this is Dan, owner of Dan's Diesel Performance. I'm Christian Roth of BD Diesel. I'm Braden Fleece, and you're listening to the Diesel Podcast. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. Really pumped up for today's episode. I'm going to be chatting with Mike. He's a journalist with Diesel World, and he did a really cool article recently about diesel versus electric, and he approached it from a completely different angle than than what I've heard or researched or even thought myself. And so I definitely wanted to bring some attention to it and be able to chat with him and have him introduce you guys to the concepts of you know, which is more efficient, what are some of the benefits and drawbacks, what are some things that are going on in the marketplace has electric already won and is gas and diesel just going to be pushed you know completely out of the way or is there going to be some sort of hybrid of you know what is out there that we're able to choose from and drive so he's got some really good insights looking forward to chat with him today about it before we get to it, though, I want to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, which is Dan's Diesel Performance. If you're looking for a drop-in turbo, something that's really simple to install, you pick up some power, torque, efficiency, whether it's for towing or a street truck, something you're looking to make good power with, make sure and go to dansdieselperformance.com. You can check out a complete lineup of what they have. They have custom colors for covers and tons of different things for your Duramax, and they also have parts for Cummins and Power Stroke as well. Uh, it's a really easy-to-use site, and uh, I always have a, a really great time chatting with them. We're going to be doing an, epi- an episode here soon and uh, talking about turbos and, and what they've been up to. So definitely make sure and check them out. Also, if you're not on our Discord, make sure and jump on. You're going to find a link down below and you're also going to see a code on the screen. It's completely free to join. It's a really cool place where diesel podcast fans, truck enthusiasts, myself, um, other people at the podcast were basically all able to interact. And I love seeing the builds that you guys have, the things that you're working on, questions that you guys ask, or you give us suggestions for somebody that you want to see on the podcast or a topic that you'd like us to cover. It's a really cool place. Also, if you're looking to support the podcast even more, we have some really cool perks for our Patreon members. You'll find a link down below to Patreon. It's as low as $3 a month, and it, it goes a long way to being able to help us continue to grow, to get better with what we do, to be able to bring things to you guys that you're not going to hear or see anywhere else. All right, let's get to today's podcast with Mike from Diesel World and talking about diesel versus electric. Mike, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I'm excited to chat with you today, and uh, I've been a, a fan of your work for a long time, and um, appreciate uh, all that you cover in diesel and the different topics. And I'm excited, you know, to chat about uh, you know what's what's uh, going to be on today's episode, which is a huge topic, which is diesel, electric, gasoline, everything else. So it should be a great time. Yeah. No. Thanks for having me on, Patrick. I'm. Uh, I was flattered whenever uh, Adam, the editor of Diesel World, uh, told me you wanted to speak with me. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I went out to uh, my mailbox the other day, and I had my Diesel World magazine uh, show up, and the cover of it said, uh, you know, Diesel Electric, and I'm like, I got to check this out because it's such a huge topic for enthusiasts, for, um, you know, lots of different people is just trying to understand and, uh, you know, figure out, you know, what kind of vehicles we're going to have in the future, where does diesel fit into that? So I sat down, I read it, and reached out, and I'm like, I, I, I got to chat with them and, you know, and learn more. Um I wanted to start for, you know, our audience that may not have read the article, may not know who you are. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, um, why you cover diesel topics, you know, why why it's a, a passion for you. Sure, sure. Um, 
Well, I, I got my start um, um, at Diesel Power Magazine back in 2008, uh, right out of college, uh, basically had a dream job with that magazine. Um, moved out to California. Uh, but I, before that, I, I mean, I grew up around diesels, uh, not necessarily knee deep into them, but family always had uh, four diesels anyway. And uh, obviously when the Duramax came out, that was a big deal. So I grew up with them and then landed that dream job with diesel power and uh, just delved into uh, learning, you know, um, research. Um, whenever I was at the magazine, there were feature articles, tech articles, and a lot of, a lot of time at the chassis dining and drag strip, which I really came to like, you know, testing parts, obviously horsepower chasing. Um, and it kind of morphed into uh a really good career there worked there six years um left and went on to the other into the other side of the industry uh, at a truck shop for a couple years um missed the writing and now i'm a full-blown freelance uh with the majority of my work being uh contributed to diesel world so that's uh, pretty much where i'm at today um i only do diesel um i don't dabble in any other uh type of motorsport other than diesel motorsports either it's just it's where i like to be and it's been good to me so it uh it kind of mirrors what uh you know what my passions have been which is you know I didn't really grow up with diesel trucks they were just kind of around but once I got bitten mm -hmm. by the bug it just it took over and <laughs> you know yeah. 15 years on you know I remember picking up my first magazine and I'd sit down and I'd read them and I'd subscribe and get them and that's that's how I consumed information and it's it's so cool to see you know how things have changed so drastically from like you know the early diesel power challenge like the first one to where we're at now sure it's an entirely different landscape absolutely yeah it's, it's it is funny I, I just a quick memory I, I it must have been 2003 at the local truck pools so i was i was into diesels but still learning but there was a 12 valve cummins there second gen truck uh with a ht3b over hx35 so over the stocker and he pulled the sled almost completely around the circle track and at that point i was just <laughs> I was sold for good and that's all I wanted to do is diesel stuff. So I'm with you. Once you get bitten, uh you just you never leave, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it's uh you know covering it from a podcast per perspective is I remember starting out and it was all about horsepower and torque and trying to hit 2000 horsepower and other, you know, beyond that. And then the last couple of years it's really dramatically changed and I think that's what really pulled me in about the cover and the article that you uh, had written was this this push for electric and and I've had I did a podcast with a, a gentleman who hosts an electric vehicle podcast and we talked about it we talked about uh, you know kind of the trend of it but I know as a diesel enthusiast you know I sit back and I think how do diesel trucks and the future of it fit in and so I wanted to kind of start there and and get your thoughts and your opinion on how you view you know the future of diesel gasoline electric hybrid how, how this is all fitting together where do you see diesel going in the future um well the first thing i like to say is uh i'm no expert by any means uh, but it it would behoove you to learn about these things because you're going to have to share the road with them eventually um where i see diesel going is nowhere it's going to be here at least another quarter of a century as is gasoline you may see more hybrid technology come along because i mean if you know anything about hybrids you know any internal combustion engine can benefit from from at least a little bit of electrification 
uh, for emissions, you know, staying the, at the meat of the torque curve. A little bit of electrification can go a long way in terms of emissions. So it's everything's driven by emissions. So I see it going that, going that way. Um, but what I tell people is, you know, automotive media has really kind of let me down as far as all they've covered is the benefits of EVs and EV this, EV that, and kind of left internal combustion in the dust when it's cleaned up its act so much. So um, I built that into the article on purpose. Um, but I, I, the first thing I like to tell people is diesel isn't going anywhere. You've got a, a we're going to, we're still going to own the road for at least another 20 years, in my opinion, maybe longer. That's what I really liked about the article is how you, it, it was very fair. You know, I talked about the benefits of, uh, of different platforms and, you know, you're right. I think in automotive media and in general, all I hear about is, you know, electric is uh, going to be the savior of, of everything. It's going to be, it's going to save us money. It's going to save the environment. It's perfect, right. but there's drawbacks to it. And I wanted to ask you about those. What, what, what are some of the, the drawbacks or the challenges that it faces that we all need to think about whether we buy one of these things or we don't, or, you know, sure. we're just thinking about it. Sure. Well, I mean, from a practicality standpoint, uh, you know, the biggest the biggest drawback of EVs is range, um, and they're 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 uh, improving this every day. You know, you got better battery technology every day, better better uh, thermal management, everything. But that also adds cost. So until they can get the cost down, you know, of the vehicle, they're not going to be as practical as I think a lot of people uh, think they are. Um, but range is the biggest thing, and the effects on range. Like due to cold weather, you know, you're, um, you know, for how everyone knows how frigid temps kill batteries, right? Yeah. Um, uh, that has a definite effect and it has an effect on charging EVs as well. It slows them down and it kills your range. So from a practicality standpoint, EVs have a lot to prove to me and they should to everyone else. Yeah. Uh, from an emissions standpoint, you know, all, all EVs do is move the emissions from the tailpipe to the power plant. You know, you've probably heard that before. Um, it doesn't make it any less true, but, you know, they're not zero emission vehicles. There's no such thing. That's what I really, that's what I really liked. And it caught my attention that that phrase is, is shifting it. And I feel like um, when this topic's covered, it, it, it it's just, well, you know, I, I plug in my vehicle. I, nothing comes out of the tailpipe. There's no tailpipe. I don't have to worry about anything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing my part, but that energy is being generated somewhere. And Lenny Reed from Dynamite Diesel Products had mentioned that to us on an episode before is, where is this power going to come from? Where are we getting it? How are you going to charge a vehicle? Or, you know, even to think bigger is, what if we have 100 million, 200 million people with electric vehicles? How are we going to power that many vehicles on a daily cycle? Right, right. Well, uh, there's a lot of arguments that could be made to, you know, that'll hopefully that will be solved in time. Yeah. Uh, as like I said, EVs aren't going to take over overnight. So hopefully, you know, power, you know, the grid can, can be built up to support it as things progress, as charging stations show up, pop up all over the country. Um, but yeah, that's, um, just one of those things, you know? Um, yeah, I think, you know, the part that appeals to me is when I think of electric vehicles, I think of performance. I don't necessarily think of the emission side of it per se. It's, it's, the amount of power and how quickly it happens. And so I'm hopeful that in the future, there is sort of a blending of technologies where we can use the benefits of that with, you know, heavy duty truck or it could be a passenger vehicle, whatever it might be. 
Um, it's really exciting. And then I, I start to think of the aftermarket and I think, okay, well, what can the aftermarket do with a Tesla or, you know, the GM, the GM Hummer or you know, the Ford lightning or other things like that. And it's really cool. It's just, I feel like we're right. moving almost too fast and, and, and I feel like we're not paying enough attention to, um, you know, specifically diesel powered vehicles is how much they contribute to society, getting our freight, from state to state to state or getting to the job site um, or towing things and, and, and all those sorts of things. I'm, you know, when I think about the future, I'm like, how does this all fit in? How do, can I go in 10 years and buy a, you know, 20, <laughs> 20, 32 Cummins or Duramax or PowerStroke? What's it going to be? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right, right. Yeah, I, I wish I could see into the future on that. Um, but, uh, I mean, like I said, diesel's still going to stick around, though. You know, you're not military going uh electric you know you're not going to see um off highway stuff uh going electric you know um construction you're not going to see that for a very long time if ever um and then freight you know we're, we talk about pickup trucks which is you know it's almost easy to write them off but you, you know you've got um how many hundreds of thousands of trucks running all over the country delivering yeah. our um you know electrification will be tried there but it's just, just got a long way to go you know now when you're something i was thinking about is you know can covering the automotive industry for as long as you have do you find that there's a lot of collaboration or maybe hardly any between different sides of the automotive industry like you know, as a diesel enthusiast can you reach out to somebody who's really into electric um or somebody who's you know that, that covers the gas topics and just kind of brainstorm and talk about different trends or is it is it something that's really segmented where, you know, you kind of pick your lane, pick your, your platform that you like, and you kind of stay there. Right. Well, I don't have a lot of EV contacts. I, I could count them all on one hand right now. Gas guys. I do. Cause I have dumb questions for them all the time, you know, why <laughs> are so, um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, it, picking, picking one platform and sticking to it. Um, that's fine, but that can also get you into trouble. Um, uh, like I said, it, be it for environmentalist reasons, political reasons, or practicality reasons, um, EVs are going to be here to stay. So I made a conscious effort the last year to start learning about these things. Um, you know, all the all the problems, the questions I had I, that I wanted to have answered. You know, I've reached out to um, the most helpful people have been with the Society of Automotive Engineers. Um, it can take a bit to get a response from them, but they're extremely helpful. Um, and I think I, I, I quote the book. I actually got it right here. Uh, Racing Towards Zero, um, The Untold Story of Driving Green. It's a fantastic book. Um, well, it can help. It will help you understand. It helped me understand, you know, where we're at, where we're going, where we've been, which is important as well. Um, for, and it's already outdated. It's a 2020 publication, I think. So in terms of EV, you know, we're talking about it. it's a decade behind almost with yeah. the technology for these things but it helped me get my feet wet um for sure i think it really becomes important for listeners we may have that are th their career you know they own a shop they're they're in that industry is 
you know, they're thinking about what is, what is my future customer going to look like? Am I going to need to, um, you know, expand or open my horizons? And that's something that I really want to bring attention to is we can, uh, you know, kind of narrow our focus and we just think about, you know, this pickup truck and it's, you know, it's a diesel powered pickup truck. And just, I, I, my main goal is I want to see the industry continue to evolve and grow and I want to see it get bigger. I know we all do. And so I, I, I'm always constantly thinking about it. That's why I asked that question is, you know, where do you find this information or who's helpful or where can you learn more? Cause somebody's going to walk into a shop down the road and they're going to have some sort of hybrid diesel electric or whatever it might be. And, yep. you know, thinking about your business plan and how you approach that. Sure. The um, uh, electronic savvy guys in the industry, I know, are dabbling with uh, some electrification on diesels. Um, you know, with a little help from electrification, I mean, who wouldn't want a 2,000-pound foot Duramax from the factory? Yeah. You know, you do that with some electric help, right? Um, I know that's being tried. Um, and uh, just on the OEM side, it's very interesting. And I can't probably can't divulge too many details, but um, um, Allison Transmission big name right yeah if you've got um medium duty heavy duty trucks with electric motors where's your transmission at yep you know they they are uh subcontracting out stuff to um to try to uh figure out where they're going in the future with their operation with their business which is global you know you've got a billion dollar company uh that may not be able to produce transmissions that they produce for a century anymore yeah um so they're, they're forward thinking too. So it doesn't, I'm not saying everyone abandoned diesel and all that that entails, but um, you're just, you're going to have to share the road with these things. So it behooves you to at least learn a little bit about them. Yeah. Yeah. I'd read something in, I, I it's not fresh in my mind, but I had just seen something about Cummins and what they were doing as far as looking into electric and how they're having to expand. And, and that's a really great point that you bring up about, uh, you know, about Alice and I'm sure there's tons of other places is they have to think about how do we, how do we stay not just relevant, but profitable and how do we continue to evolve with what people want and, you know, what's going to be on dealer lots. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, a total new, a totally new business model is going to be in, you know, in store for, you know, all of these companies really. With, um, with that article that one of the things that I, I found, really interesting and, and refreshing about it was just, I don't think I've ever read anything from a diesel source that it, 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 just the way you presented everything was so clear. Like I, when I finished reading it, I had a better understanding of where we're at the, the benefits of, you know, different platforms, but also really how far diesel has come with yeah. its emissions, its efficiency. And I, I know the enthusiasts, you know, we all want to go back to 2003 or 1995 and you know, have that 12 valve or OBS or whatever it is, but it's been incredible what they've done in, you know, 10 years, 12 years. Mm -hmm. It is. It's amazing. It's um, some of that's frustrating um, because, you know, uh, uh, 15 years ago, uh, particulate matter and Knox were going to kill everybody. So we did EGR, we did DPFs. We did SCR, and a lot of that converts what's leaving the tailpipe into CO2. And then they decide, well, we're going to go after CO2. So, you know, it's kind of this uh, this game where we're always going to be chasing something, you know. And then uh, all the conspiracy theories uh, open up from there, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, these, these 
being killed off, you know, and, and gasoline's being killed off. Uh, but, uh, it's, um, yeah, like I said, whichever rabbit hole you want to go down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really just, um, yeah, to gain a perspective on it and just, just we do see those things. We, we, you know, I hear it, see it all the time is, you know, they're coming after my diesel truck. I'm not going to be able to buy one. It's done. It's over. I got to buy, you know, a Tesla or some other electric powered vehicle. And the, the, the truth is somewhere in the middle. And that's what I really appreciated, you know, about that article. And I encourage everybody to, you know, if you, if you don't get diesel world magazine, go get it, you know, read the article. Um, Thank you. Know, you to be able to, to understand this because it's, it's so crucial. And, and yeah. I, I see it, you know, in talking with companies and, and enthusiasts and, and things like that is how drastically it's changing. And if we don't evolve and don't, uh, you know, kind of take it head on, that's going to almost kind of be like the emission stuff, you know, and, and sure. how that dramatically changed the aftermarket, dramatically changed companies, dramatically changed what you can buy, what you find on a website. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, it'll all change. No, thank you. I, I, I wrote the article um, as it began. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm no expert on EVs. But the little that I do know, I wanted to be able to share with everyone who was, you know, just staying in their own lane, yeah. you know, not interested in that. Uh, they they know the uh, they're being bombarded with good press on EVs and no bad press. And a lot of people just, you know, have tuned them out, tuned that out already, you yeah. know, but. Um, it's, it's here to stay. Uh, I firmly believe that. Um, but you know, what's interesting is in, in the background, all of the OEMs, they're still, they're still forging ahead with, you know, internal combustion engines. They're, they're not, you know, that their game plan is EV on the face. And then, but in the background, we're still improving the internal combustion engine every day. So they they know it's going to be here at least another quarter century as well. They have to, they're, they're a lot smarter than me. (laughs) <laughs> and me too. <laughs> I did a, a, an episode recently with the American Petroleum Institute and they're working on oils for 2027, you know, and, and so it's that, that innovation's constantly, constantly going. I, I really kind of struggle, you know, as a diesel enthusiast because it's always, I don't know, whenever I decided, Hey, this is what I love. I really like it. It's cool. And, and everything is, you know, I think when I drive an electric vehicle and, it's it's kind of interesting to sit back and see what's coming to market. You know, I was somebody I know was looking for one and you know, they wanted a Tesla because it's just it has the marketing, it has the press, it has it has everything that excites somebody who's not an enthusiast per se. It's, it's fashionable, correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's fashionable and and uh you know, they were showing me I don't remember what model it was and so I just googled, you know, what electric vehicles can you buy right now? And honestly, the one that appealed the most was the Ford Lightning. But I come yeah. back to what you said in the start, which is range. And I'm like, the range yeah. isn't that great on it. If you could get the range up, I mean, who doesn't want that power? Who doesn't want these things? But it's just, it's yeah. such a hard sell, I think, to a lot of us is, you know, 230 miles and, or what, maybe it was 260. And I'd read something, you know, Ford said, hey, we've done the research. We know the average distance that an F-150 owner drives every day and this range meets it. And it's just, it's so hard yeah. to just kind of merge those two thoughts together. Right. Yeah. But, but what if I'm towing through the Rockies and it's yeah. five degrees? What if I'm at max combined weight rating and, uh, I need to get to Utah from Denver? Yeah. Uh, uh it's just, what do you do? I mean, I, I saw a press release, uh, a couple of days ago from Ford, the F-150 all electric was tested in, uh, at Eisenhower tunnel, you know, through Dillon, Colorado and that, 
but then uh, just very vague and nothing about range, nothing about the impact on range. And I'm sitting here thinking, well, where's the data? You know, (laughs) anybody can make that 11 mile trek. We used to do it at diesel power all the time to test trucks, go up the mountain, go up to 10,000 plus feet, turn around and come back. It's like a 22 mile loop, you know, give me something, you know, what, what did it do to range towing that 10,000 pound trailer? That's what I really wanted. They weren't really forthcoming. Um, and, and, you know, but, but I do understand the appeal of electric. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, there's nothing better than instant torque, right? That's yeah. what attracts diesels. You know, I mean, when I do a boosted four wheel drive launch at the drag strip, you know, I'm, st- I'm storing 1200 pound feet of torque in my converter. And then all of a sudden it's unleashed, yeah. you know, I, everybody likes, uh, G forces, you know, but that, that's from a practicality standpoint, you know, it's just, it's the range whenever it's not about fun, you know, can that be a commuter commuting car? Can you, can you, can you get it charged quick enough if you're someone who's on the go and makes a lot of 30 to 90 mile out mile trips every day, you know, it's, it's better as a secondary vehicle at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And we all, and we all know somebody who always has a trailer behind their, you know, Cummins Duramax power stroke. They're, they're towing things to a job site or, you know, sure. uh, just using it for work. And it's like, what it's rare to see a trailer not behind, you know, a particular vehicle. So Right. That's a right. Th- that's a real key part of it. Um, sure. I think I think that's the biggest part for the 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 diesel enthusiasts. You know, those that read Diesel World or are listening to this podcast is they use them for work. And sometimes I kind of get in to this mindset of well, it's about power, it's about torque, it's about how fast it did an eighth mile or quarter mile time. But that's a very small percentage of the right. people who own diesel trucks. And right. and so yeah, that range and towing capacity is it's going to be huge. Uh, that's that's the you know that's going to be the killer in my my point of view you know 90 percent of all ford truck owners tow you know that's they build the super duty is built to tow as is the the h the gm hds you know and the the ram three quarter tons and larger but 90 plus percent of your customers tow you need to probably be forthcoming with the the range they can see you know or if it's cut in half so it's 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 going to be interesting. Way too many question marks for me to dive in completely. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I, like I said, I'm a, I'm a researcher first and foremost and a, and a writer. So it's, it's very interesting to, to try to keep up with the times on all this. Not to transition entirely away from electric, but I'm, I'm curious about it is what are some other sort of trends or things that you as a writer, somebody who covers the diesel automotive industry is looking towards or kind of piques your interest into 2022 maybe even into next year like is it um is it emission systems is it aftermarket parts is it you know what's what's kind of interesting you uh, you know about the industry moving forward um i i'd have to say it well it's kind of it's kind of a split right i'm very i'm very curious about the emissions friendly performance stuff that's coming out and that's when a lot of people nod off and they don't want to talk about it but i'm i'm very interested interested in that um, but then there's a split where we, we all go back to, like you said, Oh three, we go to UCC, you know, we, uh, we go to Shides, you know, and we're kind of back in our element. It's, it's like, we're, we're, we're doing dinosaur stuff still over here. Yeah. And then over there, we're so technologically environmentally friendly advanced that, um, it's like two different worlds. So uh, I, I see it going the way it's been going. Um, the clean side and the performance side kind of just doing their thing. That's been something that that's my greatest interest. You know, honestly, as, as I kind of, 
I'm not old enough to remember the muscle car days. Um, but like, you know, if I think back to, you know, going on a lot and finding a 68 Charger, Camaro, you know, whatever, Plymouth, whatever it might have been, is, you know, people older than me say, oh, man, those were the golden years. You know, you could go buy this, you could buy this, you could do all this stuff to it. But I see how gasoline has merged it to where, I mean, look at the power of like a Hellcat or the Corvette and tons of other vehicles where they still meet these emission standards and they're cranking out six, seven, 800 horsepower. Right. It seems right. like that's where I would love to see diesel. And it was a couple of years ago. I was uh, chatting with somebody um, and they had said the future of diesel isn't going to progress until we actually start seeing these emissions equipped vehicles running compound turbos, running different injectors, running different injection pumps. They have the tuning for it. Otherwise, we're just going to look back to a 2003 or six or seven or a 95 or whatever it might be. And right. that's what I'm, that's what I'm, I'm still waiting to see. I, I know it takes a lot of time and investment and testing and you know, there's so many things, but that's what I want to see. I want to see a seven, 800 horsepower emissions equipped power stroke, Cummins, Duramax, whatever it might be. Um, sure. Because it's exciting, you know, and it, it's, it, it kind of bridges that gap to what I mentioned with like, you know, the muscle car days to a brand new Hellcat, um, you know, or a Corvette where you can kind of have the best of both worlds. Right. And that, and that's doable today. You know, you can have an, uh, a DPF equipped diesel uh, at 700 horsepower. Um, I know it's been done. I don't know what, you know, how, what the lifespan is of the DPF or, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, well, you need to, you need to cruise around in the, in the cleaner tune. And then for the track, you use this tune, you'll, you know, you'll, build your grams of soot up in the DPF pretty quickly, you know, but that was a big step too. And that's like five-year-old technology, you know? Um, So we just need more people to embrace it for it to actually happen. And by that, I mean, people that are willing to invest capital in making it happen, the bigger, the bigger name companies um, who can stay in the performance segment on the drag strip in the dirt, but, but move into, uh, you know, kind of diversify their business you know, their workload and get some emissions friendly stuff going or more yeah. of it. Going. We had, uh, we've done an episode with SEMA garage and they were talking with us about how they help companies, you know, go through emissions testing, whether it's federal or carb. And, and yeah. it was really cool to see that, see, you know, what they do being offered. And you know, we've chatted with Duramax tuner and, you know, PPI and other companies to see how they've embraced it. And, you know, turbo companies that are, you know, getting these products tested and injector companies. And it's, it's really cool to see how it's dramatically changed from like 2008 when it was just, you know, take it all off. And, you know, here's, you know, something so you can drive. It doesn't, you know, check engine light doesn't pop up. It's, it's not the same right. anymore. And, and I think the quality of parts is better now. I think the quality of, of tuning and fueling and turbos is better than it's ever been. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the the companies that are going to those lengths are the ones that, um, you know, they deserve to be here. The fly by night shops that just hacked everything off and threw some hack tuning at a truck, uh, you know, they're, they're going away. You know, I mean, if you're not willing to invest in it, you're not going to be around. Um, If you're looking for the quick dollar, you're not going to be around, you know? Um, And that's what a lot of the delete game is. You know, it's, it's, those are high paying quick jobs at shops. They just are, you know, so, uh, it's a, it's a quick buck, but you know, there are, uh, there are ways to, to, to do this cleanly. 
So I'm I'm looking forward to see what happens. It's it's been a super slow progression to see, but I I think the big names are are coming around to it. I really yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, I, I do as well. It's, whether they're being no, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I was just gonna say whether they did it because they're they wanted to or forced to. The market changed, whatever it might have been. They they've definitely done that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was getting ready to say. You you put the words right in my mouth. Yep, yep, that's. <laughs> That's correct. You know, whether they wanted to or not, they are now, you know, you want to be in this industry, let's, you know, do it the right way. You know, you can still have your off-road segment. You know, I would never want anyone to get rid of that. That's what I really like and prefer, you know, but, um, the way forward and because diesel is not going anywhere, we've already talked about that. Um, let's do it cleanly, you know, and better. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh this could probably be a four-hour podcast talking about motorsports rpm act tuning you know everything else but you know it was it was really cool to chat with you and that's why i wanted to have you on is i do remember reading your articles throughout the years um but uh you know bringing attention to the future of what we're going to be able to have and in and analyzing each platform each energy source was really refreshing so i encourage it you know like i said before if you haven't read the article go by you know diesel world magazine read this thing um you know check it out and i wanted to ask you you know what is what is the best way for me to be able to see what you're working on um you know is it is it to you know go to a website instagram you know facebook where can i see what you're working on the things that you're covering yeah you can find us on instagram um i'm not the t- most tech savvy guy in the world uh, I'm sure we have all kinds of social media handles, but um, uh, obviously Facebook it's, it's active daily. But um, I actually I put the new the weekly newsletter together for Diesel World every week. So okay. you, hop, you hop on DieselWorldMag.com. Uh, that's that's my work um, front and center. There's a news newsletter, a news section every single week, and then um, I usually contribute three or four articles um, every month for Adam. So. Um, yeah, dieselworldmag.com is the place to find all that. And, and now we're a lot of articles lead with online. Um, so they, they come out a hair before the magazine gets on the shelf sometimes too. So keep an eye on, on the website and you, you can get some pretty, uh, pretty timely stuff. But, uh, yeah, the article you're talking about is in the May issue currently on the newsstand. So, so yeah, I hope it, uh, I hope it does well. And, you know, a lot of people at least pick it up and at least, uh, you know, give it a thought you know because ev is here to stay this time it really is it's, it's not going away um it's not going to take over you know uh, the, a lot of people watching this podcast or reading the magazine won't even be here whenever electric takes over you know that's how far out it is so just keep in mind we got to share the road with these things you know well i definitely uh definitely appreciate your time and and uh chatting with me today and and uh you know learning more about uh not just EVs, but, you know, diesel's future things that, that you're keeping your eye on, you know, in the aftermarket. And, uh, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime and, uh, maybe circle back here, uh, towards, you know, later in the year, next year, whenever the, the new developments are, are happening and, you know, kind of talk sure. about, uh, how this is all fitting together and, and what we're going to find in vehicles. Sure. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled. It was nice being on Patrick. I, uh, I appreciate it. 
Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to dansdieselperformance.com if you're in the market for a turbocharger or tons of other parts. They've got a really easy-to-use website, and uh, the guys over there are really friendly. So if you have questions, give them a call and, and chat with them. Uh, they've got a lot of cool things to make a truck. You know, If you're towing with it, if you're racing, um, something in between. They've got builds and, and a lot of uh, experience you know, building trucks, putting them together to make sure they perform how you want. Also, don't forget to head on over to our Discord. You're going to find a link down below for that. And I want to give a shout out to a couple of our Patreon supporters, Texas Diesel Supply, Rice Diesel Services, and also Caleb. We appreciate your support. And all of you out there who subscribe, um, who are on our Discord, message in, comment on YouTube. We appreciate everything that you guys do. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.